Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. Next week, but you know, um, we are very happy that the virtual thing, uh, we've, we had quite of like a health scare and had to ensure that everybody was protected. So uh, so that's why we are in this mode. But next week, we will be back at the studio. Uh, again, welcome to Africa Unfocused, where we share our success stories. Uh, it's a bit, let's say, 10 past 7 CET Amsterdam time, uh, coming to you live um, from Amsterdam on High Radio, the voice of the next generation. Now, High Radio is Amsterdam's most dynamic uh, satellite and digital radio station that promotes African culture to Africans in the diaspora all around the world. Uh, if you are tuning in on Facebook, uh, be sure that you follow our page, follow and like it, High Radio on, uh, on our page, obviously. To stay informed, um, we have loads of other programs that come on every week and that are really truly interesting will inspire you will get you to dance will get you moving and all of that and if you're tuning in on youtube uh, do comment and press that subscribe button the like button is there for free oh for free uh anyway again welcome to africa on focus i'm your host uh, miss abba and the coming two hours we will take you through what's going on on the continent and how we can uh, you know, positively impact our world. We share our success stories, and that's what we are really here about. Um, it's still sunshine, and I'm kind of enjoying the setting uh, of today, so I hope that you interact with us uh, so much. Let's get Donnie to come back on, uh, on, on the screen. Hello, Donnie, how are you? Hi, good evening, good evening. Good I'm evening. fine, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I am... Um, it was sort of hectic for, for in my head, but um, I can't mm -hmm. complain. I can't complain. Absolutely it's not. It's been a long week? Um, it, it's been quite short. Last Friday was my birthday. Yay. And uh, <laughs> I basically had, I think, my first day in ages whereby I enjoyed mm -hmm. and uh, I could leave my laptop at home. There was just no work. Yes. Sweet, 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 sweet. How did that feel? So, yeah. How, how that feel? It felt good. It felt good. It was, it, it was well needed. It was well needed for mm -hmm. me to do that. I felt that, you know, there was all kind of rest coming over me. And I took it through Saturday mm -hmm. as well. I was like, you know what? I'm not opening that laptop. Or I did open okay. the laptop because I had to moderate a um, uh, diaspora summit, actually. Um, so that was, uh, that was, that was quite cool. Uh, it was, mm -hmm. uh, shout out to OMEC. Um, OMEC is like a, a platform that, you know, um, enables people of African, uh, Africans to collaborate. And, um, I moderated a, a talk on, you know, artistry, music, dance, how it develops and how we can, uh, keep the stories, you know, the, education part behind the music so that people understand you know a lot yeah. of the the cultural aspect to music than just the beat or anything of that so okay. it's quite interesting okay. nice one absolutely how was your week um good nothing unusual <laughs> it's been cold good man it's been cold but today the sun's been shining though 
So I feel like yeah, it has. It has been surprisingly cold for April. It's not like you know, it's it's mm -hmm. not truly warm or anything. It's just mm -hmm. you know when the sun disappears, you really feel like you the, feel the cold. You know the, the cold <laughs> and everything. Oh man, mm -hmm. yes, it is still winter, isn't it? I don't know. Officially, it's spring, right? Well, officially, yeah. Officially, it's spring. Officially it's spring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, it feels like a strong winter. Absolutely. I don't know what it's all about. Did you, did you catch any of, um, let's say, this uh, debate or discussion from the Americans and Africans? I mean, Americans versus Africans. Did you catch any of that? Like the, the recent debates or like in general? Yeah, not for real. Recent debates, I mean, it started. Where's Clubhouse? Um, yep. Well, mainly on, <laughs> on Clubhouse. Yeah. So you had lots of discussions, lots of rooms were open because, um, well, there's this group called the Ados, American Descents of Slavery, um, who right. um, specifically are um, distancing or, let's say, segregating themselves from like Africans in general. And so that that okay. brought an entire topic, yeah. But um, I mean, personally, I feel like it's a political thing, and it's one that that's necessary. It's just, it's the right. same as the foundational, um, foundational um, Americans of slavery or foundation foundational African Americans, which are um, simply let's say descendants of slaves in Af um, in America. Uh, without, let's say, connection to to Africa, and why right. is this was this necessary? I believe it all has to do with, let's say, they they striving for um, preparations. Oh, I mean reparations. They they right. they want to get reparations from the state in Amer in the in, in in America. What happens is America will say that we cannot give. Uh, are we going to give reparations to all all, all Africans that are here? Or yeah. I mean, like, to what extent can we do we give reparations, and who deserves reparations? So I mean, for that yeah. purpose and all the purposes, uh, of course, um, they they figured out. All right, let's though we are all Africans, right? Let's have this yeah. particular group. Those are just the descendants here in the United States who has gone through the um, the uh, who has gone through slavery, who has gone through the Jim Crow law. Who have gone through, um, let's say, lynching. Who have gone through all of that. Ghanaians haven't gone through lynching. They haven't go. They didn't go through slavery. They didn't go to um, through, let's say, racist America. So their case is different. Um, but however, you know, like on Clubhouse, it was just a full-on debate. And of course, when you have let's let's say this, the debates on platforms or when, in social media in general, you will just have lots of. Um, people just giving their un, undemanded opinion. And sometimes, you know, that can also come with a lot of uh, insults. So yeah, you, you, you definitely had people just, um, let's say, uh, insulting Africans, or you have Africans insulting the African-Americans. Um, so, but I, I feel like, you know, that was, that was totally unnecessary. Um, um, that kind of uh, it, it let's say, discourse. really unnecessary. Yeah, it does. 
yeah, but hey, it's <laughs> it's been there, and uh, but I th- I think that that is like let's say the new the new way to go. I specifically, right. I I particularly, I think yeah, I I'm I think as an African or as a, as a Ghanaian, um, I'm not in a position to say that uh, I'm treated the same way or I have the same history. Yeah or this experience as the African-Americans, right? Sure. Based on what sure. I know that they have gone through. And I think last yeah. week on the show, when I had the chance to host it myself, um, I themed it the Pan-Africanism, where I just, you know, kind of like sales speech, uh, where I sold the idea of, of uh, Pan-Africanism. And the whole point of that was as well as, even though we might have these sects within Africans and we have uh, brothers who are in Africa, then the, uh, we have the ones in the diaspora of Africans and this right. and all that in the West Indians. We just have yeah. to forget all these political separations and just um, have this idea or this belief that we still are brothers and sisters. So um, sure. in case of this Ameri- um, African um, American descendants of slavery, even with them yeah. pursuing what they feel like it's their right, mm-hmm. we Africans shouldn't stand in their way and be like, why are you guys trying to separate yourselves from Africans? Do you feel um, better or um, do you think we are lesser um, than, than mm-hmm. you? Which I actually believe that that is not the case. That is not why they started with organizations like like this it was simply okay. specifically to to go after or to in, in order to get um reparations for their suffering that they have gone through um specifically mm-hmm. but yeah you know it's it's, it's, it's that love but i i, I so thought that was interesting to uh, to discuss right so that's a that's a bit of understanding that you're you're having good good topic man yeah. we should definitely get you know somebody uh, on the show to come and enlighten us about that, you know, and really right. have an idea of how that works and how we should also view yeah. it, you know, as, uh, exactly. yeah. as Africans yeah. from the soil and uh, also not dismiss, you know, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of the conversation that is happening there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. In the meantime, uh, a shout out to Mensa Gary who's saying, good evening, guys. Donnie did well last week. Happy birthday once again. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, do you. share it on your timeline because Africa Unfocused is here. Today we have a few of interesting topics that we have to uh, talk about. Man, uh, we are talking about COVID measures here in the Netherlands. Um, also, we are uh, looking at what is happening in the world of our diasporans who live in UK. And of course, we are going to also talk about what's happening right on the continent. That deals with Twitter open, opening its offices in Ghana. People are mad that it's not Nigeria. And uh, also, <laughs> we are going to look at um, some of the things that have been happening on the continent. It seems that one thing that I also heard about, it's, it's kind of worth talking about how legislation in, in Ghana works, just in case somebody decides to share a nude photo of herself and her child because I heard that this uh, particular celebrity has been sentenced to, I think, 90 days jail time because something like that happened. 
uh, in a bit, let's have a look at what's going on <laughs> in the world of Africa. But first, let's listen to some music. Myself and Donnie will be right back and uh, uh, talk some more about what's going on this in our world. Message. We'll be right back. For that particular country. Uh, Kwabna Awute, Amsterdam-based Ghanaian artist with his record called Fine Woman. And before that was one of my own records for my latest EP, Rooted, called Tomorrow. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Africa Unfocused with myself and Donnie. Here is where we share our success stories. Uh, we talk about what's going on <laughs> on the continent. And um, as you can see, we're streaming from home. Next week, we will be back at the studio to give you, you know, the, the good in the mix records. Uh, but it doesn't take away the fact that we love the show and that we still have to continue, you know, talking about what's going on in our world. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you have stumbled upon this show on Facebook, uh, don't forget to like High Radio page uh, or follow to stay informed and, and know what's happening on our show. We've got all kinds of shows coming back to back every week. We've got Wise Zone with uh, Gary. We have High Street Entertainment on Fridays. Sylvia Kendi takes us to East African Sounds on Saturdays and on Fridays. She might take you uh, to some relationship talk uh, starting at night. Uh, and we have so much more uh, for you. Uh, Africa Unfocused is where we share our success stories and high radio is uh, Amsterdam's most dynamic satellite radio that brings you everything from, uh, from the continent to the diaspora. If you stumbled upon the show on uh, YouTube, then uh, make sure that you press the subscribe button uh, that of course you, um, uh, uh, you follow us on Africa on Focus or simply follow us on High Radio so that you could stay informed. We would love to really hear from you. So wherever you are in the world, uh, do feel free to share. Do feel free to comment. Um, I just want to ensure that, you know, this is not, again, hidden on uh, most of the streaming platforms because Facebook, you know, threatens us a lot. But, uh, but hey, the show uh, goes on. Uh, in the meantime, Africa on Focus is also made possible. <laughs> Sorry? I think it happened last week again, right? Is it? Oh, man. And it was, I, I looked out, it was for the Sakodia song, right? The, Some, um, the collab. No, Sakodia with yeah. uh, Ufak. I was like, man, Sakodia's music too. The Nigerian, that Nigerian record, man, no jokes. Or the, you know, some of the East oh, African, really? but now that the Ghanaian how, how ones does, are on, it means it's serious. How does that even work? So, so for instance, because I, I actually don't know how uh, this thing. So you're streaming, right? And then you play a song by this artist. Yeah. When does it, like, how do this, so Facebook... So, does someone have to record it, or is this just an automatic system yeah. behind all streaming that yeah. enables this? I don't know. How, how does it work? Do you know? Yeah, th there is a particular system that monitors it, and it, mm -hmm. it's kind of, I think it is the same tech, just like what's on Shazam. You know, when you, uh, when, when there's a record player, you just open Shazam, and it just finds whatever track it is. So it, mm -hmm. I, it's probably the same tech and Facebook um, collaborates with a lot of labels and uh, officially they make it as you can't play a particular song just for free. 
You know what I mean? You can't just a uh, particular registered song. So uh, last, the last info I heard was that Facebook is collaborating with more serious uh, platforms and things. So, um, and even collaborating with Billboard. So that means they help people to monitor where their music is played and such and such. So if you don't have maybe particular radio permission or you have um, just the, you know, the official thing saying, hey, you know, we play in this record because we paid such and such money, um, then, then yeah. It, yeah, then it just basically blocks it. Okay. Is, yeah. is that, let's say, since you're an artist, is this actually a good um, thing that Facebook, because maybe they'll help in monetize place for artists or what would you say is good it question good question uh i think for upcoming artists it's annoying because basically you know the idea is to have your music out there a lot but i think mm -hmm. for established artists is basically saying hey you know we want our money <laughs> you know before you play it so uh i think it has its pros and cons and it doesn't happen okay. to every um you know song that is played i oh. think the kwame eugene and stuff would still be played but like Jimmy Alladay, um, you know, some of these artists that are really signed to particular labels and mm. things, you, you, will, you will get trouble once you play that one on Facebook, for sure. And, and, and basically, we, we play more, let's say, the African uh, songs. Um, do you think this, is, this would be actually, um, we would experience it more if we would play Western songs like American songs who literally yeah. do have the labels backing them in every step that it is like for instance playing a justin bieber song yeah. you would probably get blocked within five oh, seconds oh man that think? would just be like listen it's, your whole show is down <laughs> but but it's, it's for it's you can see it happening more for more african artists so the mm. more at the top uh artists you do see a notification so last time when i saw sakodia's one day i was like hmm um, maybe he changed something there, or maybe, you know, he just arranged something with a, a label or something that, you know, picks it up and then it's like, okay, you play mm -hmm. the soccer record, well, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I know that he, what I have noticed, like, for example, an artist like him, he does kind of puts a difference, like when he puts like his mixtape out, that one, you don't mm -hmm. get any notification, I've noticed, but like his... Mm -hmm proper official album releases. release yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's what mm -hmm. i have uh, noticed so it's it's beginning more for the african artists as well yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah that's that's an interesting one so yeah, yeah. so uh, let's just pretend that you know uh facebook isn't isn't blocking <laughs> us right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly. oh man um amsterdam amsterdam uh, people whoever were out there listening uh how is quarantine like quarantine quarantine um we are so much behind donny i mean i can see some of my uk people like going back to weddings and things i'm like how what you you guys yeah. had another variant of the virus like how does that work what 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 is the latest updates on this on this covid lockdown thing <laughs> a lot um well here in the Netherlands specifically. Um, well, last week, uh, last week there was this news that um, so here in the here in the Netherlands, because we shut our borders, right? We made yeah. it difficult for those who are not 
EU um, citizens so don't have a like, European passport to get visa right. in the in the Netherlands and unless there was this sweetheart visa so that unless it's your spouse or your your husband or right. you know your partner then you would probably if you're an American or South African or Ghanaian with a Ghanaian nationality you'll probably get a sweetheart visa to the Netherlands so there was this whole campaign on uh, yeah yeah that's what it was called um so there was this campaign from uh a group called family is not tourism uh, which they were campaigning for um direct family members to be treated right. on par with romantic partners but for instance if you like myself i'm here by myself however if my sister who has a uk national uh, uh nationality if she wants to come and visit me and yeah. she should be able why because we are actually relatives she's my sister and yeah. in these times of of uh, of corona that kind of con contact is extremely important because you do, you just don't know what kind of situation like mental mental situation some someone might be in so right. that was that was uh, you know uh, on one hand the visas were um, extremely tight and remember when we also did the news flash on the government they did like a test festival which went successful mm -hmm. uh, successfully you know people enjoyed it and they were also doing um, this travel traveling to Greece for eight days as a test as well, like Corona proof. So you get picked up from your home, you um, go on a plane and then straight to the resort uh, for I think 400 euros or something like that. And yeah, you yeah. come back. Well, Dutch have, <laughs> uh, the, the Dutch have something else going on um, concerning, concerning COVID uh, this time. Right. Uh, we have here one, which is, when people come in from holidays so far from what i know is this whole quarantine they always say it's an advice right so right. you don't and we we literally see it as an advice so if you come back from ghana or from wherever yeah um of course you you already do the test and then you come with negative you can take that to your work or However, you you have most employers who still advise people to stay home. Why? Because if the government find out that one of the employees has gone on holiday, they actually would get fined. And so, yeah. you know, the Dutch have also um, tried to impose this quarantine legally. So it's come, it's come, it's becoming mandatory um, here. So for right. people who enter the Netherlands from high risk countries after May fifteenth they will be required by law to go into quarantine and will be fined 95 euros if they don't government sources have said the 10-day quarantine period or half that if people test negative on day five is currently recommended um, but it's widely ignored so before that what you had was if you come in from holidays the standard period for quarantine is 10 days however mm -hmm. After the fifth day, if you go and do a test and it says negative, you could just go back to work. Um, 
However, that now it's not the case anymore. And uh, I mean, people were not doing that because they would take right. the the test they did from mm -hmm. from let's say from wherever they were coming from and use that right. as the as the negative test result. So apart from a negative PCR test and in some cases an additional fast test, people who are traveling from code orange or code red countries will have to have a statement as to um, as to the purpose of their trip including an address where they intend to spend the quarantine period. There will be no quarantine hotels as there are in Britain. Police at Schiphol Airport will make spot checks to see if travelers are in possession of both the mm -hmm. statement and the negative re test results. Government call, call teams will be checking up on the travelers as well. And if they are tipped off wow. about infractions, they will notify the authorities and um, the NOS has said, um, the caretaker government, which had been working on a legal basis for mandatory quarantine since last year, is expected to decide on the matter on Friday. The official government recommendation of all but essential travel abroad will be reviewed at the beginning of May to see if the rules can be relaxed after May 15 with an eye on the summer holidays. So simply meaning yeah. you go on holidays and you come back, you have to quarantine and you also have to have a declaration or a form showing where you were quarantined so either at your own house and also you would have to have your your negative test result the funny thing is this can be anywhere like on the airport so even after the custom this is not done by the airline you just have people um from the government um teams yeah. and they will be either at the airport or um other places I wouldn't even be surprised if you're at home and then after three days after you you've come in from holidays your phone rings and someone is saying yeah we are we are at your door can you please come and open for us we want to see if you're literally wow. if, if this so and so is here uh, so they plan on doing this however i heard from a friend told me that the fine can be up to 450 euros that's what i heard um, however, just this article is saying 95, which I find quite low, um, to be honest, I mean, just 95 euros. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, and this is quite low, yeah. And uh, just to ask, this is for Dutch citizens. So this is not for, let's say, of course, this is also for wow. those who do get a visa to come here. However, in order to get a visa, yeah. that's already hard. But this is specifically for Dutch citizens who were here or have this nationality oh, and went on holidays and came back. Yep. I wonder how the <laughs> yeah. look like, but what kind of statements, like, you know, the, the statement bit, I don't get. You know, when you go into Ghana, you have the custom statements that you are either filling in the plane, like that green paper thing. Yeah. Like where you, where you, where are you going to reside? purpose of visit yeah. i think i think similar i think similar statement but just just purely for um, covid and i know like in australia for instance if you go there their borders have been closed forever um however if you go there they have their hotels which you have to quarantine um, at and you pay for your <laughs> for the hotel see the funny thing with that is they decide where you're going to stay and you have yeah. like different levels and different prices. 
So they decide for yeah. you. However, the cost is for yourself. So you don't even get yeah. to specifically get to pick. Oh, I want the cheap one because that's my budget. No, if you end up in an expensive one, you pay. You pay for that. That's, that's what I've, I've heard. And I know Britain also have their quarantine hotels, but here in the Netherlands, of course, they're not going to do a quarantine hotel. Um, however, they're going to catch you right at your door or right where, where wherever you say that you are. You're gonna stay. Uh, but wow. I don't know. Maybe it's it's up for debate. To do you think they should have done it? They should have, let's say, their quarantine hotels, rather than have people, yeah, say like go home and then quarantine, and they they come on uh, um and knock on your door to check if you're if you were there. What do you? Well, I don't know. What do you think? I I am actually entirely confused as why is this after May 15th, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand. Like people want to be traveling again. And then these people come with, um, yeah, these people come with this type of, I, I don't understand. I'm all the way confused. You know, you know what happened I last year, right? Confused. Sorry? You know what happened last year? I mean, it was during the summer that they under pressure of, you know, people have to be able to travel all about holidays, this and that. So they loosen the, yeah. the rules a bit. And then whoop, right after the summer, right when people got back, when the second wave came in, man. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they just saying this. People are also saying, well, well, when it gets to May and this and that, they will, they will loosen up some of the rules and this and that. But, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am so confused. I am so confused because now it's, you know, you have a PCR test and then you have like, a, a, what's it called? You have a short test, but now also needing that statement. Who writes the statement? You, you get what I mean? It's just, oh man, it's, I don't know. It just seems that then traveling for people is way, 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 yeah. way more, I don't, think that it's this, just this a whole hassle people, you know how Dutch people are yeah you know Dutch people yeah. are sensitive about their vacation and their break and things like that you know so yeah, and, they're, I, and they're also very sensitive about money sensitive about money as well yeah so I, um, I honestly foresee mm-hmm. a particular discomfort you know that's that's even that's even why they um I think they they didn't or they're not doing these um, quarantine hotels because it might cost them the state too much than you know just having people assign um, or choose their own quarantine and just right. um, having them check up because I know for like let's say let's say they do quarantine hotels right so that means yeah. they just they have staff and they can right. never be understaffed because then you always risk you know this uh, uh uh you you have to secure a certain level of uh structure within this yeah. hotel as mm-hmm. in you have people on this level who are not allowed to go on that level to in in order to make sure that you know we all stay safe so all these these costs will be for the government they're like ah, no let's not do hotels let's not have um, places for people coming in. We right. just we just give them the freedom. We give them the space 
However, I'm sure they're going to like literally, like how the, the blasting things work, all the tax uh, officers work, they they own your ass when <laughs> when it comes to right. um, things like this. So I, I think for them, it's just mm-hmm. way more profitable um, to do it in this way than have. Yeah. But if you really wanted security, you would have done the quarantine um, hotels. And if you really cared, mm-hmm. the, the quarantine will probably, let's say, be free. Let's say at least five days, you know, you come in on holidays, go in there five days for free. And then uh, right after that, you can you can go home and do the other five days or uh, uh, more days, another week at home. I mean, that will be better. But now nah, it's, it's going to cost them too much yeah, money. Yeah, no, exactly. And this is because th- these measures were taken, I mean, last year and things, you know, uh, winter time and and now they want to implement it in May, which is a month from now. It doesn't make any sense. It's uh, it's it's really weird because here what I'm re- reading, apart from the negative PCR test and in some cases an additional fast test, people who are traveling from Code Orange or red countries, which is probably all over the world now, except for New Zealand and you know they will have mm-hmm. to have a statement as to the purpose of their trip. Including an address yeah. where they intend to spend the quarantine period. Yeah, I see how you connect, you know, that immigration form <laughs> that we file <laughs> when we go back to the motherland Good and this. Ah oh, man. Um yeah, what can I say? And then ending also is like they'll be reviewed at the beginning of May to see if the rules can be relaxed after May 15 with an eye on the summer holidays. This is a mess. this is truly this is truly a mess well we'll see we'll see how that happens we will definitely keep an eye on that uh in general i think holland is becoming more of a danger zone because um uk has has gone far up into vaccinating everyone here and now people are confused about astrazeneca or astrazena what's the name again (laughs) and People aren't sure anymore, and we are just so behind. I I remember the last time they called yeah. in. My mom got, for instance, a letter to come in, but then they put it on hold. You know, it's, it's mm, a mess. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> it is a mess when so, it comes to the the vaccine. They're falling behind. Oh man, and, and you just you just see that the way that you know they organize it here is just different. It's different. We keep going back and forth back and forth on things. There is no actual stages. I think no. at some point they plan to initiate stages, but then it was, you know, I, I think around the election period, they were like, listen, we're just going to take this week by week. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's going to cost a lot of unrest. And I think that I, in my mind, I've just know that my life is remote work in any way. It's going to be that way. I think it's fine. And for the rest mm-hmm. of, you know, Holland, it, this is probably going to take on till October because we're not fasting forward yeah. at all. That's, you know, that's, that, yeah, exactly, exactly. However, they also, they've also started um, looking um, to, let's say, see how they can still make things work within the COVID situation that, um, uh, that we are in with this, you know, again, with the, with the test festival that they did, and also with the test holidays. And there's another one. King's Day is coming up. King's Day here yeah. in the Netherlands is 27th of April. And yeah. you know, last year's King's Day was 
Uh, the first I one is. Remember that. <laughs> uh, what I do remember, I think I was, I was at my friends or something like that, and I was watching the television, or they had the television, and you could like see the the royal family just on television, just reading their statement or doing um, their speech uh, for right. two minutes or whatnot, and. And after um, after that, they also did like this random skyping or random um, um, video chat with with people with citizens from from the Netherlands. Uh, wow. <laughs> so this year, it was okay. What are we going to do since we are still in the Corona and this and that? And due to the successful festival thing that happened uh, in the test that happened in February, uh, Radio Five D R. Um, five three eight. They have organized a concert on King's Day, and that right. concert will also have people coming in. So they have like a big place, and at least maybe ten thousand people will be coming to that concert. But some people don't want, do not want the concert to happen. I know. I was, all. I was surprised. Yeah, me too. I, I did not see. I did not expect that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, because King's King's Day is like you know it's it's an official Dutch celebration. You know, people drinking their beers and going out and things. And oh man, uh, I was surprised because reading about this, it's more than uh one fifteen thousand people have signed a petition prepared by doctors at Breda's Hospital and called on the government to abolish. The city's planned outdoor concerts of 10,000 people. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So doctors and workers at other hospitals have described the event, which is part of the government's field lab experience, as a slap in the face of hospital healthcare workers just uh, 400 meters away. Mm -hmm. And the petition, oh, wow, it's also in the neighborhood of a hospital. Okay. <laughs> uh, the petition was sent to Paul Depper, mayor of Breda, by the director of Ampia Ziekenhuis, given that coronavirus infections have peaked and regular hospital care has been reduced. And it follows the ask a question letter about the wisdom of hosting an event. And because it's a party, people will drink or probably use drugs. A spokesman told broadcast to NOS, our medical professionals are nearing the end of their binding and I don't think this is sending the right signal. And radio station 538, which hosts the event, said more than a million people applied for 10,000 tickets last Friday. Oof. The last tickets were sold out for good reason, reaching up to 15,000 euros per ticket. Man, the thirst for a party is real. Uh, radio station right. holds large-scale outdoor concerts every year on King's Day, and this event will take place on uh, April 24th. A will, not even would, take place. Um, mm -hmm. Field lab events are described as experiments to assess how events can be organized during a pandemic, but some experts question how scientific the actual event is doing. And even if all visitors must test negative for the coronavirus, government advisors also recommend, recommend that they oppose it because of the risk of the spread of the coronavirus. So last week, Health Minister Hugo de Jonge said the event was held responsibly. He called the 1.1 billion budget for experiments a great investment that allows us to organize great, great things. So Breda's bars and cafes are still closed, protesting the plan. Local lawmakers called for a meeting 
to discuss the issue on Monday morning. Ah, man, people really want to party. Yeah. 15,000 euros. Who's, who's going to perform? No <laughs> <laughs> <Bill> Gates. <laughs> Listen, this, this yeah. is not even, oh my gosh, what are people doing? Like, uh, I think yesterday I read an article where, what was it? Something was held in Amsterdam in a public place. And basically the organizers said, you know what? It was just good to do it. Just effing geen corona. I was like, what? You know, they just, people are just mm. tuning it off. That's what I feel like. And I didn't know it was that yeah. much money invested in, uh, like. In, yeah, the, 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 yes, the 1.1 billion. Government has 1.1 billion set apart to That's test how they, we can still have social events um, during corona. I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, would you go? Would you have gone to a, if you were that like gonna take it for free? Would you? <laughs> even in, even in Ghana, I stayed away from you know parties and things because here I don't. There aren't like many outdoor events that I truly enjoy, like as in Ghana. But even there, aside from going to a restaurant, no man, going to like anything festive like that. Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, would mm-hmm. you? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone either. It's just I don't know, and I, I don't even know why. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's going to take place in in Breda, uh, um, or so let's say area of Breda. The whole funny thing is, oh, it's ironic that Netherlands, the Dutch COVID pandemic started in Breda. Exactly. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was there where they had this this uh, carnival where it really broke loose. Uh, oh, man. Th- like that's right where the outbreak the happened. Of... Exactly. It's like And then it's so ironic that <laughs> right and then, then they're going to host um this radio factory after festival there. But hey, you know I I I, I think I feel like if they can ensure um, what safety if they can yeah then because you know I mean they've done um, the tests and they've done experiments and so technically right. it should be safe to do so um, but yeah. does that mean that you have to go and do it that's the thing yes it's safe you can do it you've tested and this and that and that but does that mean that you are you have to do it? If they would do it on, let's say, only people who are um, who have received the vaccine, I mean that is a different thing. Um, yeah. But but also that would also bring up other issues, uh, which I don't think we have time for. But yeah, it's a mess. Um, I don't know. It's a mess. Gosh, gosh. You'll see. Right. So twenty fourth of April. That's next week. Is that next week Friday? Yeah, that's next. Isn't it coming week? No, Saturday. Yeah, this. So, yeah. This is it's Saturday. Right. So, uh, the celebration uh, thing is, is, is going. Like, 10,000 people. And they didn't even, like, think of, let's do it virtual. But, hey, it's, it's not my thing. I know, you know, Holland is really festival country. So, maybe they see a lot of money coming in, you know, on that. I don't know how it's going to be beneficial. Because a lot of companies, you know, are, are struggling, you know, and uh, they did not get another boost or another funding to, you know, save their mm-hmm. company. So 
I, I don't know. Let's see how it happens. But one thing I do know is that people are <laughs> ready to tune out out of COVID and just be like, yeah. you know, screw this. I'm going to have a party. Okay. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> and though, those those are, they're willing to pay the thousands of euros yeah. just for that afternoon or morning. Just for that you experience. Know, just Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll be uh, right back to talk some more about what's going on. Uh, there is a lot taking place on the continent. Uh, Twitter opens its uh, first Africa office in Ghana, and Nigerians seem to be livid. We're also going to look at Ka Kenya that warns uh, vaccine apartheid, and we're also going to look at something that um, maybe uh, somebody who is quite well known in the entertainment uh, wasn't awarded with all kinds of, you know, degrees. So we're going to mm. take a look at that. <laughs> but first, uh, <laughs> let's have a look at some uh, music. Let's enjoy that. We'll be right back to talk some more about what's going on in the world. In the meantime, wherever that you are, um, do give us a shout out. You know, we're kind of being uh, slightly blocked by um, by Facebook, but we're working on that to ensure that we can reappear on people's timelines. Uh, we'll be right back with myself and Donnie to talk some more about what's going on in our world. Stay tuned. And we are right back on Africa Unfocused uh, with myself and Donnie. Uh, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> uh, we are talking about what's going on in our world. Of course, uh, lots of things have been taking place on the continent. Um, I am really curious to know wherever you are in the world, uh, how has lockdown and things been on your end? We are at the moment, we are dealing with uh, a bit of uh, Facebook things, but at the back end, the uh, production team is working on it so that, you know, we can appear more on your timeline. Uh, Facebook doesn't like for us to play particular songs. And I think we have subsequently been doing that. So we've been trying to limit or restrict <laughs> our continent um, or our content uh, opposes the continent. What was I even talking about? Uh, here on High Radio, which is Amsterdam, the most dynamic satellite and digital radio station that promotes African culture to Africans in the diasporas. Namely, from the start of Friday night, you will find exclusive content uh, from relationships talk to entertainment, both West African, East African sounds, uh, and so much more. You'll find them here on High Radio both on our website, www.highradionl.com, also on TuneIn, our partnering platforms. And uh, if you happen to want to see the face to the voices, you can find us on YouTube and on Facebook. And if you happen to stumble upon us on Facebook, feel free to share, to like, engage with us in the conversation. Uh, shout out to uh, Q the Vibe, who earlier on said, you know what, King's Day last year was the best one uh, that happened to him. So I am really wondering, why was that? Was it because it was peaceful? <laughs> or did you do something interesting or something exclusively with your family? Do share with us how uh, King's Day was last year uh, to you. Here in Amsterdam, we are nearing uh, King's Day, which happens to be a day of celebration for lots of people. You know, the King's birthday, that is. Uh, people normally hang out on the streets and do what they do. But obviously, the, the, the 
hanging out as we were used to is not uh, the same in 2021. There won't be any public events. Um, some some uh, places, let's say Radio 538, they are working on doing this sort of like a, um, a COVID-free festival or something like that, which we earlier on talked about. Would you go if you had the opportunity? Let us know in the comment box on YouTube, Facebook, and we will definitely uh, pick up on your answer. In the meantime, um, Africa on Focus is also made possible uh, by a few of our uh, partners. The first one is, uh, let's see, is by Austin. And uh, by Austin is a uh, brand and communication um, um, a firm that helps people with their uh, personal brand and their company. If you are looking for ways to promote it in the proper way, both online and offline, uh, make sure that you find uh, By Austin uh, as well, because By Austin, www.byaustin.com helps you to navigate through the online world and uh, also, you know, know how to look good and, and all of that. Also, uh, if you are looking for a hosting platform, you should definitely um, find Be Artist. Be Artist is a, a Black-owned web hosting uh, platform. If you want your website and everything exclusively done, um, a full uh, a website, you're looking for that, you can find them. And even if you're just looking for a domain name, you could definitely find them for a good price. No extras. Um, you know, normally when you buy um, a domain name and they all of a sudden bring you with all kinds of extras and uh, you don't even understand what to do anymore. If you want an extra email address, they charge you extra five pounds or uh, five euros. That doesn't happen here. Everything is packaged all in one. Your complete website and graphic design solution. Make sure that you find them on www.beartist.com. EU. And I repeat, beartist.eu. They will definitely help you on your way. And of course, by Austin, that uh, facilitates all of the content that is around our show, from the podcasting to the writing, uh, to everything that is done in between, by Austin delivers that. So even if you are thinking of uh, publishing from book to podcasting and everything, by Austin will help you on your way. Well, uh, back to uh, what's going on in Africa and what's going on in our world. Uh, also, shout out to Nene Kwasi Achampong. Uh, thank you for wishing me a good birthday. We have a surprise for you because you actually won the book, the, uh, the book on African tales. Uh, so we do have something special for you. We will announce that uh, one after the news flash. Um, man, I think the, the, one of the highlights that I discovered, Donnie, was one that had to do with pregnant women, UK and COVID. What was that about? Um, yeah. <laughs> so basically when it comes to this, uh, vaccine, um, so we have the groups, different groups, uh, we have the, the high risk group. And then every, every country has like this plan where it starts with the high risk which were mostly the elderly ones and as well as those in the healthcare uh, sector. And wow. then slowly comes to, let's say, the younger ones. And then uh, let's say the healthy and kids were probably one of the last, right? Because we were seen as uh, those mm -hmm. who could have a more chance fighting COVID. But with the vaccines, mm -hmm. they were never... Um, let's say 
they were never labeled as safe for people who were pregnant or people who actually wanted uh, um, um, kids were also advised to let's say yeah children were advised to wait a little bit um it's like with uh other medication you always read on the the back of the the package that this is this medicine it's not used or in case you are you have preconditions or in case you you have pregnant uh you are pregnant see your general practitioner or see your your doctor before right. using this or use it only in advice of your doctor and the good news is now that it has or the Pfizer and Moderna have actually they have been um they have been uh, um, uh, labeled or verified as safe for pregnant uh, for for pregnant women as well so that which comes with good news because you have a lot of pregnant people who probably want to get the vac- uh, vaccine. See, the thing about vaccines is there are a lot of people who actually believe in the vaccines. So though some are skept- um, skeptical, um, skepti- skeptical about it, there are a lot right. of people who actually want the vaccine, um, including the those who have babies. And for them, they were always being denied or they just didn't have the access. Why? Because it wasn't it wasn't ruled as safe yet. But of course, the UK <laughs> went after that and say, "Hey, how can we vaccine most people or many people at once? And or how how can we ensure that more people get the vaccine while they can?" And so they have uh, pregnant women in the UK have been given the green light to take um, the COVID. Um, here, hundreds and thousands of pregnant women in the UK have been given the green light to receive COVID vaccine in a move welcomed by bereaved families and campaigners. All pregnant women will be offered the Pfizer or Moderna jab based on their age and clinical risk group after real-world data from the US showed about 90,000 pregnant women have been vaccinated without any safety concerns. The UK's Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization said on Friday, pregnant women who have previously been advised not to take the vaccine because of a lack of data on the impact will be able to have it at any stage. About 700,000 women give birth in England and Wales each year with thousands more trying to conceive um, at um, at any one time. The new guidance states that women who are trying to get pregnant, recently had a baby or are breastfeeding can be vaccinated with any jab depending on their age and clinical risk group. So uh, simply saying that your pregnancy or you have um, breastfeeding or you wanted to have kids is not uh, a measure by which they can now, they should decline you of having vaccine. Um, it's probably maybe right. if you have preconditions, you know, uh, because before if you have preconditions and pregnant, they would they would still yeah. say, okay, it's not safe just because we don't have enough data. But that right. luckily uh, has been uh, you know has been uh, has been solved. So you know, a pregnant woman who desperately wanted the uh, the vaccine, they can get it. And I just I I looked up the um, the amount of vaccinations given in the UK. 
million. That's three times um, the Dutch the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Three times the Netherlands. <laughs> and second, second dose total. That's roughly ten million have also. So they've completed their second dose. Um, so you know they are they just vaccine, 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 vaccine. <laughs> They're going in. Uh, so now, hey, congratulations, pregnant woman. You can also get your, um, you know, go and get your vaccine in the UK. Right. Not in the Netherlands, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, here, here it's, um, nah, it's not even that much of a topic, you know. No, 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 no. And I think that in the Net- UK, I, I think what maybe pushed UK that direction was that uh, other variant that came around. You know, um, yeah. I think that one was quite heavy and um, it, they nipped it in the butt. <laughs> That's really what they did. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 They were like, you know what, we're just going to handle this. And I think it's uh, it's good. I know there was a lot of fear um, surrounding the vaccine, uh, of which I'm not surprised because uh, even with this AstraZeneca one, yeah. um, it just proves to have its you know, it's false. So I think that a lot of people are happy that, you know, they're just waiting for things to be improved, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, I guess I guess it's uh, for us to really see how we go about it. Um, we are definitely done with it. A lot of people would really love to see a world without COVID, <laughs> but um, it's, it's here to stay. <laughs> you know, we just have to find uh, the, right, the right direction as to go about it. Um, well, yeah. those were actually highlights coming from uh, from Europe. Speaking of highlights in COVID, um, one thing that I also stumbled upon was the one that you shared. Kenya warns of vaccine apartheid as it hits back at the UK over travel ban move. There is something quite interesting about this. So Kenya has sounded the alarm over a potential coronavirus vaccine apartheid. What is that? Uh, playing out between countries as it is, um, as it accused the United Kingdom of instituting a discriminatory policy after London issued a travel ban on the East African nation. I missed that piece of news, by the way. I'm like, how does UK have the right to ban any other <laughs> other country like UK, Brazil, South Africa? Like, how dare you ban? <laughs> The countries. So Kenya continues to see with deep regret uh, that vaccine producing countries around the world have begun practicing a form of vaccine nationalism, possessiveness and discrimination, coupled with the vaccine hoarding attitude that can only be, be described as a form of vaccine apartheid. A Kenya's foreign ministry said in a lengthy press statement issued in response to uh, the UK's travel ban. This vaccine apartheid coupled with the reckless calls for vaccine passports, while not making the vaccines available to all nations, widens existing inequalities and makes it near impossible for the world to win the war against the pandemic. That is what the statement argued. Nairobi hit back Saturday against London's decision on Friday to add Kenya to its coronavirus travel red list and announced its own measures on travelers coming from the UK. 
both countries' policy changes will begin um, officially on April 9. So, you know, the changes has probably been uh, happening by now. Um, I must say that, you know, the East African uh, travel ban, this, this news was really new to me. Um, all I knew is that the Netherlands had banned traveling from UK and probably the rest of the world as well. So how this happens the other world, other way around. Um, I, I can see why they call it vaccine apartheid. I can see that. What uh-huh. do you think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do you have to say vaccine apartheid? Do you have to use the word apartheid, really? Right. Um, no, but hey, um, there, there might be a, of course, it's, it's, it's a discrimination thing if you say those who can have vaccine or those who have the vaccine are only allowed to enter into our country, this and that, call there should be discrimination there. And maybe, you know, perhaps where you can mm-hmm. look into it and see that, okay, those who don't have the vaccine are actually being withheld from getting, receiving that vaccine. Then right. you can definitely see and um, there, is an, there is an active role of those who do have vaccine um, against those who do not have the vaccine and actually to keep them yeah. out of their country. I think this, on, uh, uh, as of now, looking at how it's playing out, is just on a small scale. And I'm sure that that's also something, let's say, sociologists and, and also uh, people who have studied um, political, um, um, political issues as well, they are saying, right. hey, be, be careful with this whole only vaccine or vaccinated people allowed. Um, this whole because that's going to create an entire different other um, social classism or it's going to create an entire different problem that we have other than racism and classism. So, yeah, I mean, do what you call it apartheid, you ask me, eh, not necessarily, but it can be apartheid. <laughs> it can be apartheid in the future. <laughs> yeah, because the, the unfair bit is that, you know, the UK has almost 40 countries on its red list. It's unfair mm. as a whole because UK UK is a red. You know, if any map comes out, UK is, is, is like should be double red. <laughs> and <laughs> many of these countries are African or South American nations. However, European mm-hmm. countries that are currently experiencing a third wave of cases, such as France, are not on the list. So mm-hmm. the decision to add Kenya to the red list comes as Prime Minister Boris Johnson hailed April as second dose month. And with the country given more second doses than first doses of the vaccine per day for the first time on March uh, 30. So um, I don't know. It it probably has to deal with the power structure of things, right? Um, I mean, Europe, European countries, especially countries like UK, um, you know, they always want to come out the strongest, the boldest, such as kind of like the savior, and maybe they feel like they're back on track so mm-hmm. they can exclude and do whatever is necessary to keep, you know, their population from harm. Uh, you, you know what, what they actually look into, in, into let's say, um, deciding what's going to be a red state or whatnot? That, here in the Netherlands, we have like, let's say, or red and then orange and then 
uh, slightly yeah. yellowish and then like right and what an important factor is how the nation is going about with covid so right. do they have the right restrictions or policies in place to combat it that's why uk is so heavy on this vaccines because since that new the the new covid uh, uh, mutation was found and that due to that they ended up on a lot of people their red list or a lot of nations their red list subsequent right. to that or in addition to that the brexit thing also also happened right so yeah. already uk is having this thing with the eu um where yeah. they have to renegotiate a lot of um deals like economic economically wise and and social politically wise but then covid came along and this new covid from uk had been discovered that put them on a lot of people there or none of um, all the on let's say european unions blacklist right. or red list um so for them one of the thing is let's make sure that here we are fighting covid head on why because mm-hmm. this will also help to um them in their um into in making sure that or into uh, um improving let's say their code whether it from right. red it will certainly come to orange if it appears that in the uk they have been able to vaccine half of the population have received their second dose meaning mm-hmm. half of the populations let's say quote unquote um immune 90 for 95% that right. and certainly um improves or that makes a country so much safer and and um business coming from that country so i mean that's one thing so um what was the 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 um the african president who <laughs> refused covid for so long and then died or but they yeah. they not Tanzania. willing to say that tanzania was it right tanzania has been yeah. on people's blacklist for a red list for oh, from day yeah. one right simply yeah. due to that as well as i think sweden or uh, one of those countries denmark swedenish because they also believed in the fact that you know what if covid is something that people are going to have anyway you know let's <laughs> so literally it was may last year people were out there without any nose masks doing their stuff and you know the right. second wave hit them it it hit them hard um that also you know a country that doesn't have um um like covid measures in place you end up on the red list so if you put right, right. your stuff in the right places if you have like a a very a really good um traction or let's say um this where where they they can find out who is traveling where all of that right. if you if you can put that in place um and that makes your country look good that hey you are after right. um you are after covid i am actively so that would take you off the uh, of the of the of the red list i don't know what um what kenya done to, has done to deserve um, oh, being man. on on uh on uk's <laughs> red list i do know that if they want to come get off that the, um the red list or on other nations their red list their only thing to do is actually you know put actual structures in place uh right. and if you have done that and they're still saying you no know, then you know maybe there's this vaccine apartheid going on. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Africa can intense. do better. I know. It sounds it is intense, and I don't want people to take it lightly <laughs> because the <laughs> because the apartheid wasn't uh, anything um, lightly. I mean, Ghana, for instance, how is Ghana doing with uh, with COVID? Uh, I'm sure we felt like I mean they've been doing great. I mean, because they have had like lockdowns in the past, so they were yeah, they were on it. and they were you were they were the first to also one of the first to also say. When you come here, you're going to do a fast test or a quick oh, test before you even leave no the joke. airport. You know, these, you know, these are the things that actually really help. Um, so shows that, hey, you're taking it serious. But if you don't have um, certain, um, certain things like this in place or the vaccine, you don't want to pay the price for it. Um, I don't know. But hey, know the UK that. is uh, <laughs> it's putting people on their red list and uh, <laughs> they're on other people's red list yeah oh my gosh I, I was just i was just checking the sweden one um yeah you were right about the 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 sweden one it emerged with the highest COVID levels in europe and mm. <laughs> basically they were like listen COVID is there but it's not going to interfere with our normal life and our normal life mm -hmm. that was their attitude mm -hmm. towards it very yeah. interesting very interesting to to look at that well, you know, look, let's look at how it unfolds. You know, the traveling thing is is quite, people are sensitive about it. I mean, just remember last year around this period, everything was down. You know, there were no yeah. flights taken off at all. And it was just, no. it was spooky, you know, even looking at, looking at the reports and things like that. It, it just felt like, you know, you could just see companies losing money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, um, it was very weird to watch. So the fact that when it resumed, what was it? Was it August that everything resumed? I think that, you know, the airlines were just so much excited uh, about going back. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was yeah. in the, I think, end of May, because um, you also had, like, here in the, in the Netherlands, because... Uh, when the lockdown happened, end of March, nowhere was, you know, everyone had to stay indoors. There were no flights, this and that. And then it went through April. And I believe in May, they loosened up certain things. Because I remember um, the children, I, that there was this whole thing of, um, are they going to do their exams or not? I mean, um, these right. primary school group uh, um, after the, the eight graders. Yeah if they were going to write the exams yeah. or, or not. And eventually they didn't write the exams. Um, they used the, the results from the, the, the January uh, test exams. And however, they managed to go to the last three weeks of school, which is, um, let's say, second week of June or third week of June till, till July. So that's when, yeah, they, they, yeah, that's when, okay, let's say borders open and flights where I started um, going again. This was right before yeah. the uh, the summer holiday period. Yeah. 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 yeah that was something else. <laughs> it's um, it's it, you know, let's let's see how it unfolds. Um, or else we'll just run. We'll go back to the motherland and just work from there again. <laughs> oh, uh, Another if, thing. If we're allowed this, to. If we're allowed to, yeah, if we're allowed to. That's also uh, another thing uh, that we'll just have to be watchful for, I guess. Um, 
Well, the latest update on this COVID thing as it relates to Africa is uh, Western countries have hoarded, quote unquote, hoarded COVID vaccines and Africa is being left behind as cases surge. Um, African nations are being left behind in obtaining COVID-19 vaccines as richer countries stockpile vaccines and prioritize their own populations. Despite a surge in cases and a new variant affecting the continent. On Monday, South Africa took delivery of its first uh, million doses uh, of the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. And of course, have to double check this because this was news, obviously, let's calculate some two months before. So uh, they obtained their vaccines. Ghana has well as well. I mean, they've been taking in the vaccines. I mean, some of my family relatives already have vaccines and stuff like that. Um, so they're quite, you know, some African nations are really on it, just like you said, you know, Ghana. Um, but one thing that I, I like to um, highlight is the fact that they say that Western countries have hoarded it. So Seashells was the first country in Sub-Saharan Africa to start vaccinating its population using doses of China's Sinopharm, um, Sinopharm vaccine is not as popular. Mm -hmm with a target to be the first to have 70% coverage among adults, according to a media release. The island of Mauritius also started vaccinating frontline workers uh, in January after India donate, donated 100,000 doses of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, December was Guinea in West Africa, ordered 55 doses of the Russian Sputnik uh, 5 coronavirus vaccine and gave the first doses to 25 official what is 55 doses like? Why do you order such a small <laughs> quantity? <laughs> in North Africa, Morocco and Algeria also recently um, began immunization programs. According to the World uh, in Data, an independent statistic website from Oxford University, Last thing that I also caught up on was Rwanda. Rwanda also mm -hmm. uh, started vaccinating and even started vaccinating their uh, uh, refugees. Refugees. That yeah. one. And Ghana is also on the list. So what they're basically saying is that the particular deals that African nations uh, make to also obtain their vaccines are not as rapid as uh, Europe. Um, Man, I don't even know what to say about this, whether this should be a concern, because in general, the rate in African countries um, is relative, you know, aside from South Africa and um, some of the other countries. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know whether I should be scared for something or, or any of that, since, you know, our family back home are okay and quite supplied with this vaccine. I don't know what to think about this. What were your impression when you read about this? Um, let's say, some even call it vaccine nationalism. Gosh, vaccine segregation. What was it? Apartheid? Vaccine nationalism. Yeah, vaccine apart Man. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, you know, like this vaccine apartheid. Um, so, like, one of the reasons given for this. Um, um, like as let's say Africans making being slow into making this deal is paying double. Um, apparently, like for instance, South Africa is the country worst affected by COVID nineteen, right? In Africa, recording nearly one point five million cases to date, and more than forty 
5,000 deaths. Its health ministry told CNN Global, competition forced it to purchase the Oxford-AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine from the Serum Institute of India at nearly double the price, just $5.25 per dose, according to Reuters, wow. uh, paid by other wealthier countries. There is a global demand for the vaccine in the first quarter. We are not aware of a cheaper option that is immediately available, the health ministry head of communication, Maya said. The SII did not immediately respond to requests for comment. This price, the $5.25, is higher than the $3 per dose other African countries are reportedly set to pay in a deal the African Union secured two weeks ago. That order promises 270 million doses of Oxford, Oxford AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson vaccine for African countries, again, through the SII. But few cheap vaccine options are available to African countries because of continued global demand leaving the continent, trailing behind. The said, say government officials and health organizations such as the World Health Organization. So the thing here is, though African countries, let's say independently, will try to get a vaccine, the price given to them for the exact same vaccine, they just have to pay more. Um, oh, if this, yeah, so like imagine a year go, goes by, right? And we find African countries not having vaccines and you find the worst and they look into it and they find the structural um let's say um yeah structural discrimination discrimination that that africans have to pay let's say 10 10 euros per dose for vaccines whilst right. america is paying two two euros per vaccine that what? is you know this is a big this is a this is a serious thing and we shouldn't go that way so um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, you know, yeah. I think you know, we have to see if it doesn't have to do with the unit. I mean, if you buy fifty five units <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can like yeah. me has, you know, I'm sure yeah. that the price will be higher than if they higher, would just, yeah. you know, stock in twenty thousand. You know, I don't mm -hmm. I don't know what, what the details are of that. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. you know, let's let's keep an eye on this. Uh, what I do oh, know sure. is that, you know, more African countries have uh, started vaccination. Not everybody is as hands-on as, you know, Rwanda, yeah. you know, Ghana, and some of these other mentioned countries. Some presidents mm -hmm. just don't care, just like the Tanzania one. You know, so it, it really is very, um, you know, sensitive to the type of leaders that you have, um, whatever well. African very. nation might be, yeah. Definitely. So let's. Uh, let's but Ghana will be good, it. right? Uh, for for what I know, yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it's basically like all layers of the of the population almost are uh, have been or are getting vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. So let's well, keep an uh, keep an eye on that. All right. So wherever you are in the in the world tuning into Africa on Focus, shout out to you. Uh, shout out to Nene, Kwesi, Mensa, Gary, and all of you who are tuning in. Uh, if you happen to see us on the timeline on Facebook, Facebook is giving us a hard time. That's why you see the uh, lower viewer count. Um, 
do share on your timelines uh, and feel free to engage in the conversation. Uh, how is lockdown, uh, you know, COVID thing in your area? We would really like to know. And um, also let us know, you know, have you already gotten the vaccine? Uh, how did you feel <laughs> the first day? Any, <laughs> any crazy things happening or uh, any of that? Did you feel more fatigue or uh, anything as such? Do let us know so that we can also, you know, rightfully prepare towards uh, getting vaccinated. All right, so let's go to some tech news, uh, Donnie. It seems that um, I think a long time ago we announced that, you know, during COVID, the founder of Twitter, was it founder of director, had made the decision to go to uh, Africa. And uh, I think it has to do with, you know, their uh, recent decision to start its Africa headquarters, not in Nigeria, not in South Africa, or some of the you know prominent locations that we know, but they're actually setting foot in Ghana, man. And Nigerians seem to be livid. Let's uh, let's get into this topic. Well, Twitter opens first African office. Uh, sad to believe in the continent for now. Africa will define the future, especially the Bitcoin one. Not sure where yet, but I'll be living here for three to six months, mid 2020. Grateful I was able to experience a small part. And that was in December 2019 when Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said this. Uh, there was one lingering question when he returns, which African country will he choose? Mm -hmm. And he later changed his plans to live here. Well, there was a pandemic and life went on until um, recently when Twitter announced setting up its first African office in Ghana. Are you surprised, Oni? No, I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. Why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, being Ghanaian, I mean, what? We champion Ghana. We sell Ghana. Like, this is the entry point. This should be entry point to yeah. Sub-Saharan um, Africa. So, you know, this is the gateway. We we are the the the, the, the people. We are the nation that kind of like invites, well, maybe maybe that's not always good, but we are the nation that invites um, um, external uh, um, partners to, to come in with open arms as well as like, you know, uh, we, we are so, we are so, we, we have we a nation that is openly um, hospital and we are very, right. we, we like to receive and as well as give, um, give, um, 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 a lot in return without any without any you know I'm mistaken in my own pockets thing going on so right. I, I'm sure when he was in Ghana Garden treated them, him so well that he uh, um, that he felt like you know let me let me come back <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not surprised I'm not surprised I love right. Ghana for that right well good point I, Are I, you surprised? I must say yeah, I must say that I was surprised because um, if I look at the conversation, a lot of the conversations around tech, you know, happening and mm. then looking at the startups that acquire investment for tech startups and stuff like that, it doesn't often happen uh, in Ghana. A lot of times mm. these days, it's a lot of Nigerians that are acquiring this, you know, okay. uh, the funding, the interest and stuff like that. So my thinking was, you know, probably if the interest of investors goes there, it will probably be 
uh, more interesting for um, Twitter to settle there, you know, in terms of maybe setting up collaborations and things like that. Um, well, those are the things I consider. I didn't consider the other things that maybe have to do with, you know, the internet access and maybe mm. even the potential to um, facilitate, you know, or to, to bring employment there. I, I didn't look at those things. So okay. uh, with that in mind, uh, of course, my hopes were, you know, up for Ghana really strong. But I know that in terms of tech and in terms of where, let's say the general level where it's at, you know, it, it still mm. needs a boost, if you get what I mean. Right. Um, but I am on the other hand, if this is going to be beneficial, if this is going to uh, supply some employment for the local people, I think it, it's a good move. Um, I looked it up and, and basically why they say why Ghana is that, you know, as a champion for democracy, Ghana is a supporter of free speech, online freedom and the open Internet. That is true. You don't. Mm -hmm. The times are gone where, you know, a journalist crazy um, you know, journalists are chased out of the country. I mean, how long yeah. has yeah. that happened ago? That would probably be, uh, was it Rawlings time or something like that? You know, so I would yeah. agree with that. Um, Twitter is an advocate for that as well. And Ghana's recent appointment to host the Secretariat of the African Continental Free Trade Area aligns with mm. their overarching goal to establish a presence in the region that will support their efforts to improve and tailor the service across uh, Africa. Um, that is what Twitter said in the blog post. And I didn't even think of it as such because um, if, if, even if you use, you know, I'm, I teach digital marketing, so that's kind of the info that I'm into. If you look at the uh, relative of, um, you know, the amount of users of Twitter, Africa is really strong. It's, it's still, you know, in a time where you'd be like, okay, everybody is, the Instagram generation or any other generation, you know what I mean? It's like, you would think that Twitter will be disappearing, but actually on the, uh, for a lot, most of the African countries uh, and also for the youth, Twitter is still like, you know, it's, 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 it's still as interesting and it still is growing. Um, so I do get it, you know, them going there and to really look at, what are the proper ways of growing Twitter in accordance with what, you know, the Africans, young Africans are really looking for. They mentioned Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin mm -hmm. is more of a thing in, on the African continent. I mean, there is where you have a lot of people, you know, investing and finding ways to make money um, through Bitcoin. Whereas here, people are very careful, more careful about that, you know, so I get it. Um, they also announced uh, 12 new remote roles for the Ghana office, and the job description hints that Twitter's presence in Africa has a Nigerian focus, but an office situated in Ghana. The thing is, and that is where the conflict kind of arises, is when it comes to population growth, Nigeria is super right. interesting. <laughs> These people just like making too many kids. Let me just put it that way. I mean, come on, they're... They are predicting 200 million Nigerians. That is, that is a lot. Yeah. That is larger than U.S. If you if you get what I mean. So this mm -hmm. um, this move to set a precedent for other companies looking to set a base in Africa. Nigeria might look more appealing in terms of market size, but the difficulty of doing business and that is fact. The difficulty of doing mm -hmm. business and government regulations are things to be considered. And this has appeared in media as many times, even 
conflict with Dutch government. Um, I remember even reading an article of um, either it was a Dutch ambassador or it's a mm -hmm. supporting physician that basically said, you know what, this way of doing business here in Nigeria mm -hmm. is just not it. I'm leaving. They got out you of it. I mean? Right. I, I think I yeah. remember, yeah. And I've heard many stories, even from people that have, you know, set up projects wanting to collaborate with any of that Nigeria, just having the frustrations uh, that they don't endure uh, in Ghana or any other uh, African country. So with that said, um, I, I get it. I get it. I, yeah, um, mm. yeah we, we all know Nigerians, <laughs> we all know Nigerians are... <laughs> business let's talk business yeah oh yeah Bus business for them is hardcore their money is important yeah. um they will go the extra mile both positive and both negative you know yes. if, if they have to whereas Ghanaians are more like you know what um I don't want to die I don't want to die over this I don't want to <laughs> have a gun to my head over this. Let me just, you know, let me just go home. <laughs> that's that's but, really how Ghanaians are. <laughs> yeah, it, it, isn't that, um, doesn't that goes to show that relationships, right? And, I, you know, Ghana just got all of this, um, this campaign with uh, Odana, with uh, Miss, uh, Miss Denta return. Return right, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Africa, right? You know, they were hosting literally um, celebrities. They were hosting uh, yeah. people from like business people to just come in and just and, and, and view the place. And I know other African countries also have been doing the same, but right. let's say Ghana managed to do it in a way that is, you know, this friendly and this and that. And that extremely contributed yeah. to they showed, hey, this is how we do business here. And and I see like, this is just, let's say, Twitter coming to Ghana isn't necessarily they coming for Ghana. They coming for yeah. Africa. However, yeah. like, what's the entry? Where's the entry? Uh, where's the gate? You want to find the, the easiest <laughs> gate that you, you don't want the rough one that, you know, they want what theirs as well. I mean, that's business, business. However, on the, yeah. on the other hand, you want to build relationship with with these people as well or with the, with the governance. And what if, well, um, it was Ghana who presented the best um, possibility of having a healthy relationship that, hey, yeah. okay, you want to view Africa, come through our nation, this and that, this is what we can provide as a security for yourself. Um, and these are, um, let's say, this is what, like you said, this is what our our journalism or our media um, um, field or media yeah. media world environment looks like. It's not hostile. It's very open. It's very free. We support and we demand um, free freedom of speech. And yeah. and and if you you know if you have like a, a nation, I mean, a company like Twitter come into that that is the environment they would they just want to be known as not necessarily operating yeah. but they want to be exactly. you know they want to be like okay we have a headquarters in ghana and you know ghana yeah. is putting their best foot forward into fighting yeah. these things i don't know if boko haram has anything to do with this but somehow boko haram just popped in my mind that 
if you have Boko Haram somewhere in your country, that will probably fight against this, you know, this freedom of speech and <laughs> and uh, that yeah, or that right. will hinder that hinders business opportunities as well. Yeah. It does. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, going more a bit into uh the reactions, because some Nigerians blamed blamed an inconducive business environment for Twitter choosing Ghana over Nigeria. So under mm. uh, M- Mbwari, um, our ease of doing business is so bad that it's easier for terrorists to get phone lines than law-abiding residents. And you can land at Ghana's Kotekas airport and get a SIM card at the airport, but a camel has to pass through the eye of a needle to get one in Nigeria. So that is one mm. making a comparison. That is uh, by uh, Reno o- Omokri. Uh, via Twitter, who is a former presidential uh, aide to former president, good luck, Jonathan. And he was yeah. also referring to the suspension of new phone, li- phone lines registration. I had definitely read about that on Techabal. Shout out to Techabal. Um, because of a federal government policy to link all active SIM cards in the country to a national identity mm-hmm. number for security reasons. Mm-hmm. That is something that they've already started doing in, uh, in Ghana, by the way, for years now. And uh, the okay. exercise uh, is time consuming and the deadline has been extended multiple times, leaving new arrival unable to obtain a local number uh, until at least May. So that is just to, co- to point out an example. Uh, another Twitter user who was lawyer Mo Odele wrote, one of our clients wanted to open shop in Nigeria for their West Africa office. And once we sent them a breakdown of the regulatory requirement for their industry, also tech, they hit us with, we will get back to you. We haven't heard back since then. So I wonder what's in, you know, this requirement list in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. Another commenter, Onye uh, Ajuju said, Twitter's decision was justified and that Nigerians had a bloated sense of entitlement. And um, another one, it's, uh, it's unbelievable seeing Nigerians throwing a tantrum because Twitter went to Ghana. The lack of awareness of how bad things are in the country. <laughs> The bloated sense of entitlement, the unhinged expectations that everyone should accept Nigeria's dysfunction, it's incredible, as she said. So there is definitely one thing <laughs> that, um, that is one to look out for, and that is what Ghana has to its advantage. Um, another thing um, before we round up that is also you know, good to share is another Nigerian tech entrepreneur and investor, Bosun Tijani, told CNN that Twitter simply chose a more productive market to run its Africa operations. While Nigeria has a huge market that Twitter would love to target, the business environment is very demanding. It's, it, it just brings a strain. The cost of running a business uh, in Nigeria is high, but with the AFCFTA single market agreement, which Africa is signed up to, a company like Twitter can choose to set up shop in a small market like Ghana. And that gives the best opportunity for it to operate and still serve the Nigerian market, said uh, Tijani, who has the Tech Innovation Lab. And from tourism to tech, Ghana has been actively courting investors from the diaspora and in particular African-Americans, some of who were given citizenships and encouraged to return to their roots, just like what you mentioned, Ghana is also ranked as the 43rd most peaceful country in the world, uh, placing 104 spots ahead of Nigeria, (laughs) which grapples with Boko Haram insurgency and periodic outbreaks of violence. You're right. (laughs) 
Yeah. 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 It's, you know. But, but yeah. good development. <laughs> no, but good development. You know, the, the future is tech. Uh, we've passed industrialization. We are really yeah. getting into tech. And if you if if this is well coordinated, it could provide you know uh, employment around it, you know, in its in its right way, and more investment uh, in that. Do you actually see this um, improving Ghana's um, tech industry? Um, it could it could and it could not. Um, during in which during in what class, way? In what yeah, way so, would it not? Um, I'm interested in that. Yeah, so let's say if the if the if the solutions, if the if the cases would be presented to uh, people outside, you know, of the continent, outside of Ghana, outside of Nigeria, it would be as such where it excludes, you know, um, um, workers from the local area. So it would just basically say, okay, well, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, you have pr provided us some data to build around mm -hmm. and know how we're going to improve Twitter on the African continent for the next five years, but we don't need your help, you know, putting it together, if you get what I mean. However, if yeah. the, if let's say young people in tech or uh, maybe particular um, recruitment companies in tech from Ghana are included in the solutions that it is to be provided, you will see a whole chain of development taking place, you know, and then you'll mm -hmm. see that there, there will probably be just like this Silicon Valley, an area where all of these, you know, tech hubs will oh. be popping up and facilitating and really exchanging knowledge and work mm. with the local people. Yeah, that's that's how I how I regard it. So if it's rightfully organized, if maybe to the extent that the government has its place, because they are focusing mm. on finding investment for the tech industry, they would be like, you know okay. what? Because I do know, thinking out loud, the only way you can settle in Ghana is um, at least have is it a co, not a co-founder, but a co-owner that is Ghanaian. I do know there okay. is this, you know, before you start, uh, if you are an international business and want to, uh, you know, set foot there, um, mm -hmm. they could go a bit more further and say, you know what, you should at least have such and such workers from, uh, from Ghana, you know, that come from this. Yeah university or think, uh, offer traineeship or whatever right i think i think um somebody did send that they were recruiting Ghanaians specifically um, um for the remote, some some roles yeah um, the remote for, job positions yeah. something like yeah, yeah yeah so they're trying let's it, keep an eye on it's, that it's the the future is tech the future is digital <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's just it's just gonna go like an interesting place. So let's keep an eye on that and see how the rest of this year and this forthcoming five years, five to ten years is gonna take us as Twitter sets foot in uh, in Ghana. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. a lot of people know about the existence of Ghana. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, so rounding up uh, Africa Focus, man, our news flash fits two hours. Now we know. Now we know. It sort of fits two <laughs> hours, two and a half hours. And um, yeah. yeah, we've got so much more to talk about. Um, definitely the also for next week. Uh, any plans this coming week? Um, no, not 
necessarily not necessarily let's see what's happening no no oh i actually i'll be doing a let's say a quick trip uh next weekend in um in in celebration of one of my brothers who is uh getting uh married so we i think we have like this boy trip thing coming up Good um I, I hope we do it we do it like um correct so, so we, because we don't want to catch any fines not with the with the curfew fines or um, let's say um, social distancing um, um fines so we right. have to be careful i think there's a group of um six males um if, so if we were traveling let's say in cars we have to ensure that the right amount of people are in the in, in let's say in in one car so it will be it will be interesting but definitely needed a uh, much needed uh time to for us to to get together and just socialize um with ourselves much and, break. of course yeah that. how good about stuff. you good stuff well it's you know work as usual i'll be ending the weekend you know on a, a small not a, a trip but you know just uh, taking a few days off with the group of friends and would just be hanging out on a, on a nice location and just be chilling. I I haven't done that for a while, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, oh yeah, with my birthday. But yeah, I'm continuing the birthday and really rounding up this birthday month, uh, really on uh, <laughs> on this new age. It, it, when you it, when it's your birthday, is it like a whole birthday month or do you have a birthday week? No, normally I would have you know a birthday week. Uh, so let's say it started last Friday and I'm rounding it up next Sunday. It's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it started Friday on the next Sunday. That's, <laughs> that's a, she's a birthday week and then just goes straight to 10 days. That's <laughs> a little longer than a week. Though, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm claiming that. I'm claiming that. This year is really about, you know, um, um, kind of exploring the way I can celebrate people's birthday in interesting ways because, man, I've, I've just realized how important relationships are you, you know what i mean um oh man they're so important um so yeah. you have to put effort into it effort in it nice. absolutely absolutely so uh, i'm learning more about that looking in ways to really celebrate people you know in this right way because um you know obviously you never know when it ends but uh covid really brought that sense of you know appreciating just relationships you know absolutely yeah all right oh well thanks so much right. for hanging out with me again this was african focus next week we'll be back at the studio and uh we'll be uh talking about a lot uh we have interesting guests coming up i mean uh we're gonna talk about health we're gonna talk about history talk about all kinds of things um so oh, make wow. sure that you know you follow us african focus you can find us on all streaming platforms as well um your your spotify everything if you missed an episode make sure that you catch up with us uh be sure to follow us on um our social platforms next week i'll announce well it, it is actually equacy who won uh, the book you know the the african sales book so i'm just going <laughs> to congratulate him and contact him we'll send it right over to him and uh we'll keep you posted of course next week same place same time, Africa and focus with myself and Donnie. And let's end up with uh, yeah. with the good Ghana vibing record so that, you know, uh, we take this Sunday uh, toasting with whatever that we're drinking on. Let's go. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Abba. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>